You're about to listen to episode 67 of Women Who Kill. Hey, if you like the show, uh, by the way, I'm Kai, if you don't know this already. If you like the show, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, uh, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. Helps new people find the show. The more people find the show, longer I can keep doing this. By the way, if you leave a negative review, um, I will read it, and I will judge you for it, and I will also uh, Google you to see what other things you have left good and bad reviews for. Uh, and, and, you know, I find out a lot about people by the stuff that they leave bad reviews for and the stuff that they leave good reviews for. And uh, and usually it makes me feel sad for them. So if you're going to do that, cover your tracks and also make it so that I can't find your social media profiles because I will do that. And I'll also, uh, you know, I'll screenshot and I'll, I'll make fun of it on social media. Leave a review, good or bad, I don't care. Either way, it helps me out. If you want to support with your dollars, you can do that at patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. I send out free stuff once in a while. Used to have the archives of the show there. Now, uh, the archives are just out in the wild for everyone to enjoy because I'm a good person. Our guest today, a very funny person uh, from the show's Another Period and Wildin' Out, also co-host of the queer podcast Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole, popular podcast. Lauren Flans. Hi. Hello. Hello. That was such a that I really appreciated um, your your talking about reviews. I also I look up people who leave. Definitely. <laughs> so, Someone yeah. left a, a review with We've a middle finger it. emoji in it. I'm like, you're that mad? Really? At my podcast. I don't understand the people who take the time to leave negative. I'm very for We've gotten some low star ratings, um, which I think are directly linked to uh, unpopular tweets I've had That's go funny. viral. But the only negative written review we've had was from a woman who first wrote me on Facebook saying that she really enjoyed the podcast but did not appreciate how much we swore and that she hoped we would think about it. And I did not write her back because she's a <laughs> lunatic who wrote me on Facebook unsolicited. And then a couple days after I didn't I didn't respond to her message, she left us a negative. What does she expect review, you to say? An apology? Like I guess I just it it you know, I guess it was a wake up call that if a lunatic writes you on Facebook, you should placate them. I don't know. It was a real it was a real bummer that she she took the extra time that to, is so to crazy. do that. But listen, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't great. <laughs> What's funny is when you can tell by the review that they listened to an entire episode. It's like if you're this upset, yeah. why I mean, why didn't she was... why didn't you just press the skip button or That's the thing. I'm like it's like lady, we have an explicit warning and you've clearly listened to many episodes <laughs> because she had said like, "Oh, I really enjoy it, but the the swearing is just too" and I was like, "What?" You should drop a kids pop uh, version of your podcast. I listen. I've multiple times I've told Nicole I, I want to do uh, a kids pop version of the podcast, and she has dug her heels in and will not do it. But I will keep. I'll keep. That would be so it. funny. Like you just um, substitute all of the swear words for like uh, like sound effects and animal noises and stuff. Do you know that my first car that I had in L.A. as it started. To eventually the brakes went, and then it's like, okay, now I need a new car. But before that, just little things kept dying one by one. And eventually the radio uh, died, and the only station that came in was uh -huh. Radio Disney. And so, like a creep, I, and I just didn't rolling around it, only listening to Radio Disney as an adult. Yes, 
And I didn't have a CD player or anything. Like, the tape deck didn't work. It was like an old car. And I literally, I would drive <laughs> to and from work listening to Radio Disney. And I knew all the songs. So I knew, like, the Kids Bop or Radio Disney version of Mambo Number no. 5, which involves going to the candy store instead of That's the liquor store. That's so funny. Store. <laughs> yeah. I knew all the songs. I knew Aaron Carter's uh, I'd Beat Shaq at Basketball. <laughs> So did you did you start to not realize that the versions of the songs that you remembered were not the real ones anymore? I I mean I I started to lose my mind. Um, so it's because they have a very uh-huh. limited playlist. Uh-huh. Also, there's not a lot of Radio Disney versions of adult songs. It was like Mambo Number no. Five. There was a version of Get This Party Started by Pink. And then a lot of the others were just Disney originals, such as I'd Beat Shaq at Basketball. That's hilarious. And now look at Aaron Carter. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, now he's having some troubles, I think. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about a very sensational case, and uh, appropriately so, I guess. Uh, It's so, a very, the case itself is not gay, but the situation, uh, everything (laughs) surrounding it, very gay. Yeah, that's... A big part of why I picked it. I won't pretend yeah. otherwise. Cheryl Crane. Yeah. Yeah, Cheryl Crane. Do we just sort of hop Well, for into people it? who aren't familiar with who Cheryl Crane is, well, you know, I want to I wanna jump in with, with something that happens well, way after all of the actual events happen because I think it's hilarious. Now, Cheryl Crane was the daughter, or is, uh, she's still alive, the daughter of uh, Lana thinking. Turner, who, if you don't know who she is, you're... you're not an old person. Uh, she <laughs> she's like an old timey famous yes. movie star. One of the one of the famous old timey blonde ladies. She, by the way, when she died, left most of her estate to quote her longtime companion and maid. Yes, I read that. I'm yeah, like, was like mom she, was mom gay too? Really, I don't know. But what a fucking. Slap in the face, because isn't I think she only, only kid, yeah, child, and she left her like something 50, like fifty thousand yeah. bucks, which is nothing to sneeze at. But when you have like millions and millions of dollars, and she left the bulk of it, yeah, to her yeah. her maid, which that's got a real yeah. sting. So so Cheryl Crane was born uh, July fifth, nineteen forty three. Makes her uh now I do this every episode. I'm not big into into astrology. But I always like to look up the horoscope or the sign of a particular Ooh, murder, yeah, yeah. see if any of the details track. Hardcore astrology fans would probably get real mad when I do this because I just barely skim the surface and I'm probably wrong, wrong about most things. I know Perfect. nothing about Beautiful. They can You can transfer that hate to me because I don't even know. Would that make her? I'm going to take a stab. I want to say Leo. cancer? Okay, I just wanted to say the word cancer <laughs> on the podcast. She, uh, yeah, she's a Leo, which uh, apparently uh, Leos are uh, uh, generous and loyal, uh, also courageous. Those track. Mm. Those three things Ooh. track. Yeah, that. I'm, all I'm not digging any deeper than that, that because I got what I wanted. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm good with that. I thought she was a cancer, so this well, is she, all news she to me. Well, she had cancer. Oh shit! Is that what I was? Maybe there, there it is. Astrology people have flung their <laughs> across the room at this point. I apologize. I know nothing. About so I mean, she, cancer was not entirely unrelated. Now she was uh just born in 1943. She grew up very pampered as a child, as the child of any starlet would. Yeah. 
And didn't it, her parents divorced when she was like one or something, right? Like she never had a consistent right. father or father figure, as far as I know. So her mom had a bad picker. It's an understatement. <laughs> kind she, of like, yeah. <laughs> she was married seven times. Lana Turner was married seven times by the time she died. Jesus Christ, that sounds exhausting. Now, her husband, who she had before what we're going to call the incident, what they officially referred to as the happening when they discussed it. Ooh. Her husband before that like was that. on Lexa, Lex something. I don't remember his last name. Oh, yeah. That's the, the yeah. real He played Tarzan. Guy. Yes, I remember All the old, old-timey Tarzan movies. He played Tarzan. He, he was in a bunch of movies. Also a, a big piece of shit pedo creep. Yeah, which didn't come out until she wrote until Cheryl Crane wrote her uh, her autobiography, mm-hmm. right? It was like she was like forty four yeah. or something, and the, I think that was the first time that she ever mm-hmm. talked about that. So everyone thought that. Well, not spoiler alert. Everyone thought that the one she killed was yeah. like a real bad one, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> there were several really oh, bad. So messed ones. up. But yeah, he he abused he's sexually abused her for years, and uh, then he died uh, he died of a heart attack yeah. walking down the street. So not at a young age, so he he didn't really get what he deserved ever. He never went to jail for it because yeah. they didn't want to scandalize the family, so they never reported it. Yeah, oh, Jesus, fucking Tarzan. fucking Tarzan. See, I don't I don't trust any of those old timey strongman actors who didn't later come out no. as gay. You yeah, know? they. Yeah, they were all. I mean, like Errol Flynn, unfortunately, was like he the was a worst rapist. Person alive, yeah. Charlie so Chaplin all, was a rapist. <laughs> Wait, who was who was Charlie Chaplin did... and Errol Flynn both had the Wait, same lawyer Charlie... for um. Oh, I they did were not know. yeah. They had a statutory rape trial that they were uh they were both acquitted because they had the uh what's what's the 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 Robert Shapiro of their time. They had a they oh, had a good lawyer, the best lawyer. The, I don't know the best criminal yeah, but... defense lawyer uh, around. I did not know about Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Yikes. Well, I'm going to stop watching his movies. (laughs) Tell you that right now. I'm throwing away those (laughs) (laughs) Blu-rays. Yeah, let's let's start from, uh, let's talk about it seems that she had a normal childhood aside from being abused by her stepdads and the thing that happened when she was 14. Um, Yeah, that was sort of the big thing. But I think also, didn't she, because I know after she ran away. She went to a Catholic school. Right. I feel like I read that even before that happened, she'd been like at a boarding school or something and had run away. Um, But I could be getting my my boarding school escapes mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was after. There were several. (laughs) Well, well, she went to to St. Paul which is a, a Catholic school in L.A. After that, she, she went to Emerson for junior high. Apparently in high, for high school, she went to Ojai for some reason. I feel yeah, like that's I a little bit that. of a commute. Yeah, that sounds really... Kind of shady. That sounds really cool. I saw it sound really cool. Like if you just get to like... It sounds like summer camp. Yeah, Happy Valley. I mean, Valley. unless it was a commute, then that is awful. But if she got to just like... Live in Ojai and like go to high school. I don't know. That sounds kind of nice. Happy Valley sounds like an institute. Hold on. Let me let me look. Happy Valley. Uh, Happy Valley is a co-ed boarding school and day school. So I guess okay, everyone maybe, lives on campus. Maybe that's the one that I I thought she ran away from. Hmm. I guess that is if that's pre fourteen. That's not as fun as I was thinking. Right. 
Because if you're like 12, you don't want to like be at some like weird hippie commune. Yeah. Away from your your cool famous mom. So I take that back. <laughs> I feel like her mom maybe just sent her sent her there to get rid of her, <laughs> like, so she could yeah hang out with dudes. Yeah, I mean she was definitely doing a lot of dating and m- movie starring about. So yeah, probably don't want a little a little prepubescent kid hanging around for that. <laughs> I, just I just killing the vibes. Yeah, seriously. It's a huge buzzkill. <laughs> Organized crime was a big fan of Lana Turner, as as they were with Hollywood in general, because it was a very easy way to to make a lot of money, uh, sort of legally. <laughs> Did you know that the extra union back in the day was, was controlled by Bugsy Siegel? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like central casting, basically? Yeah. Yeah, Bugsy Siegel That's would show hilarious. up at productions, and he would be like, um, I'm kind of running short on funds, so if you guys don't uh, give me a couple thousand dollars right now, I'm going to have all these extras walk off set. That's Disrupt your film. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. that real. I did not know that. Yeah, no, I, I did know that the mob used to be, like, really sort of, like, in bed with Hollywood, which I think is re- which I like that. It's cool. Comedians, too. Like, I don't, I don't know. Can I get in trouble for saying this now? Am There's got to be a statute of limitations on old-time Hollywood, right? <laughs> Every rapper wants to be an actor, right? Every actor wants to be a singer or a rapper. Yeah. Every mobster wants to be, like, a, a socialite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is sort of a beautiful, like, mm, grass is always greener, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so Lana met this guy named Johnny. And when she first met him, she thought his name was uh, John Steele. Right. And he, like, showered her with affection and gifts and wooed her. And uh, she eventually gave in and uh, agreed to date him. And then once she started dating him, she found out that uh, he was in the mob. And his real name was, which is, like, the most Italian name of all time. It's the best name ever. Yeah. His real name. This man's real name is Johnny (laughs) Stampanato. Yeah. Which sounds like... If I was doing an improv scene and had to give someone a mobster name and was just like not really checked in that night, like yeah. it sounds so ludicrous. I love that his name was Johnny Stampanato. Come on, that's great. Yeah, and like he, his, one of his nicknames was actually like like Stomp or something like that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I they do, yeah, from. it's just lazy, lazy writing. <laughs> Oh, and the other thing that I really like is that, so she was five years older than him. Right. Which I feel like at the time was probably like very scandalous and unheard of, like like the younger man situation. Because they tossed women out even earlier than we do now, I feel like, <laughs> yeah. in Hollywood. So that was really cool to me. It was like, all right. Well, she didn't know when, because when she first met him, he lied and said, that he was older than her. Is that what that... Fi- okay, we're yeah. jumping ahead, but yeah, that's what that fight was about then? Is he... That's... Okay, that's crazy. Wow, so it was a scandal then. Well, he said that he was... Probably said that he was older than her because he felt insecure about yeah. being younger than a woman. It probably like felt like he didn't... He had less power in that situation, that's maybe. so crazy. Yeah. So they started dating and uh, immediately it became a tumultuous relationship because he mm-hmm. was uh, super jealous. Uh, she got him deported once. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that story. He shows up on set when they're uh, in London um, yelling and screaming about something. I don't know what. And uh, he's waving a gun around. And she's shooting a movie with Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And Sean Connery takes the gun from him and uh, beats him. <laughs> Oh God! What, yeah, and I know Sean Connery is a piece is of very shit. Very problematic, yes. But what? Like, come on, that's so fucking cool. It's so like, funny. Just taking a gun from a mobster yeah. and being like, no, not today. I can't do an accent. But I'm sure he said something very pithy, and then just beat the shit out. Like that's fucking James Bond. What a great. Yeah. What a great story. So he expected him to just be like, just an actor, right? It's like no, Sean Connery wasn't just plain Sean Connery. No, he he beats people. <laughs> <laughs> but he beat the right person this time. So that's we appreciate that. Yeah. Cheryl is a is a bystander to a lot of this activity. She often saw her mom in physical altercations with Johnny. One day Good Friday. Good the worst. They why did they call it the happening and not Bad Friday? I don't. Yes, it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> the hap- now, and now I want to know if the uh, M Night Sh- 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 film <laughs> was influenced at all, titularly by. Oh. Did you see the happening? No, I've just seen. Like, I've just seen the gif of Mark Mark Wahlberg going. What? No. Yeah, that's the best part. Of it. it is the most <laughs> ludicrous. It's a. I mean, it's a wild ride, uh-huh. um, but I but I digress. Anyway, um, yeah, no. So the happening was on Good Friday, and then that Sunday was Easter. So okay, April fourth, nineteen nineteen fifty eight. So what was the ar- what was the argument about? Was this the argument about the Oscars, or or was that a different argument? Well, I've read a couple. Uh, initially, I had read that yeah, it was the Oscars were I think the Sunday before, right? right. And she hadn't. Lana Turner hadn't let Johnny Stampanato uh, escort her. Like, he, he wasn't her date. But then I read that the, also that the argument was about him lying about his age. Mm. So it's like, did she find out that night? Because also, what a harsh thing where it's like, oh, the night he dies, you find out he died even younger than you would have thought <laughs> 10 <laughs> minutes earlier. That's ironic. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the fight was about everything and nothing Mm -hmm. it's it sounds like there were many yeah many fights yeah and he was jealous of everyone like if you're a jealous person the worst situation for you to put yourself in is to date someone who it's their job to make out with attractive men yeah it's it's a bad it's a bad call (laughs) and who also has been married like 19 times like come on yeah she's got like 40 hundred exes yeah it's just not it was not going to work out well for you. And also, hadn't they just, all three of them, hadn't they just come back from, like, a vacation very recently? I believe, because there's a photo of them, like, on tarmac or something. I think they'd all just, like, been somewhere nice and beachy or whatever. Oh, possibly. So it was just, I mean, it was a very up-and-down relationship. Now, she had threatened to break up with him, which he could not handle, not only because he was, like, a jealous, uh, abusive piece of shit. But also, he did not have a job. And apparently he wasn't very good at being a mobster because he (laughs) made all of his money dating wealthy older women and having them keep him. Yeah. Yeah, like, she gave him, like, thousands and thousands of dollars. Not a great situation. Yeah, Yeah, and he said something, like, 
I mean, it's such a it's such a mobster line. But in several articles, I read that like you know she's like I'm breaking up with you, and he's like I'll I'll cut that face, baby. Like no one's gonna look at that pretty <laughs> face anymore. Just something like again that yeah. sounds like a line in an improv scene. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like he w- he wasn't just like. I'll kill you or I'll beat you up. He's specifically like, I'll cut your face so you can't be famous anymore. Just, yeah. He was a piece of shit. Yeah. And he, he um, said he was going to kill. He was going to kill her mom. He was going to kill oh, her yeah, pig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's going to kill. Yeah. He's going to kill everybody. Yeah. So this guy, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not mourning this guy. No, at not all. at all. Fuck this guy. So they're fighting. Uh, Cheryl is uh, is overhearing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The fight moves to the bedroom with a closed door. 14-year-old Cheryl is, is at the door crying and yelling for her mom to come out of the room. Johnny goes and grabs a bunch of clothes and is acting like he's going to leave. And oh, that's as... why he was held. Okay, that makes sense. I get that. He grabs clothes from another room, I believe, and, and starts to go back into the bedroom where Lana is. He's rushing after her. Yeah, because I think, didn't Cheryl, didn't she like bang on the door and first like, like I think Lana opened the door and was like, hey, and said some version of like, don't worry about it. Like, it's okay. Or like, go back to your room or (laughs) Uh something like that. And then close the door again. Mm -hmm. And that's when she maybe went and got the knife. She she got a carving knife that coincidentally they had just bought that... Did they go on a grocery, was it a general grocery trip or was it just a trip to buy a single knife? (laughs) No, I think, (laughs) I think because like, because part of the like, because you know, I mean, obviously there's like a million conspiracy theories, even though I think this is pretty cut and dry, (laughs) but a lot of people are like, well, they just run errands earlier that day everything's fine and it's like have you never fucking seen couples running errands and and like it means people run errands when they fucking hate each other's guts like that doesn't mean that it's not like well they were this was have you been to an ikea oh my god yeah yeah but i yeah i think it's just they'd they'd run a series of errands earlier that (laughs) day and they happened to buy (laughs) <laughs> knives which does sound like really wait what Mister, maybe they were gonna carve a they were gonna carve a ham yeah who knows listen people buy knives who the Let fuck is gonna live. cook the ham though maybe the maid was the, gonna, the gonna maid cook a ham got all the money yeah and she couldn't buy the knife when she was buying a ham yeah, look i don't i mean who knows what was going on but they needed some knives they needed a knife i don't i, I just feel like lana turner didn't have to do her own shopping yeah, maybe he was trying, maybe it was like a masculinity thing where he's like, I know knives, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll pick out the best knife. <laughs> and it was indeed the best knife because yeah, let me tell you. the fucking irony. <laughs> Just like There's butter. so many ironies in this, <laughs> truly. Yeah, but so she grabs one of the brand new knives. Uh-huh. Probably the first time, certainly the first time this knife is ever used. Probably the first time she's ever held a knife. Let's be honest. Yes, yes, because they said, I read one thing that said that that she stabbed him with an upside down knife. Like she was holding it with like the sharp side up. Not that there's like a wrong way to stab somebody. But per the autopsy report, the knife went in like as if, you know, she was holding it upside down. So so. the stupidest way to hold a knife because... You know, if you're going to fall or, or you know, the easiest way to accidentally cut yourself with a knife is to hold it with the blade up. Yeah, she was not appreciating knife safety in that moment. But yeah, so she 
one of them opens the door. I guess it must have been Lana Turner because he was behind her mm-hmm. holding the clothes, which I didn't realize because I was like, why was this guy like holding up a hanger with clothes? But if he's like making a big show of like, no, I'm leaving you, then that makes sense. <laughs> you can't quit. Um, you're fired. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One of the things that I read, you know, after the fact is, is Cheryl Crane said from her perspective, it looked like he had his hand raised like he was going to strike her. Right. But ironically, he was just holding some pants, maybe a jacket. <laughs> so she stabbed him once. And from Lana's perspective, she thought that Cheryl had, had punched him. Yes. Which, which, which is hilarious. Really cool, yeah. 14 <laughs> year old just punching a monster just a, in the stomach. Just an uppercut to the, just a quick yeah. uppercut to the stomach. Like, just one, and then I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I like, I'm sorry, but I feel like, and again, I'm not trying to like glorify murder, but I think it's really cool that like she stabbed him. She's a 14 year old girl. He's this big, he was like a big guy, this like fucking mobster. She stabs him one time holding a knife upside down and he's dead? <laughs> well, it, it like, punctured his uh, internal organs and his aorta. Yeah. Just her, her, like, her aim was perfect. Amazing aim. Yeah. Really just like beginner's luck. Like, <laughs> but seriously, like that's unreal. Uh-huh. Like she got a hole that in one her died. first time at the course. Yes. I just think it's honestly like it's crazy that he actually died from that. When she stabbed him, he said he he looked at her and he said, "My like, ever, did people just talk like they were in movies all the time back then?" Because that's what I <laughs> am fucking wondering. He said, "Oh God, Cheryl, what have you done?" Yeah, another amazingly cheesy quote. He, um, he did a spin, but, even. <laughs> he did a little. <laughs> I, I read he did a little pirouette. Wait, really? Yeah, he did like that. Drum- oh, no. Like you see people get stabbed or shot in movies and only in old movies do they spin around before they fall. He was, yeah. He did that. At the very end, he was old Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, it's really bonkers. But yeah, maybe, and maybe that's why, you know, some people have like multiple conspiracy theories because it just is so bananas that a 14-year-old girl with one... Would just execute a hit so perfectly? Yeah, but I personally, I, I don't think that there was anything like nefarious but i know so so he was so johnny stampinato he his guy was uh mickey cohen right um and so i guess that's the guy who they called in to identify the body and he apparently was like real suspicious and he's like that's like a guy like johnny doesn't go out that way because talk about it in a emasculating way to get killed which is again great like i love that this fucking douchebag got killed by a 14 year old girl it's the best thing ever but yeah so he was one of the people or maybe it was johnny's brother someone was like i think he was stabbed in his sleep because it was just like such a perfect there that i think that fed into some of the conspiracy theories is that it was such an amazingly perfect like one stab and you're dead Mm -hmm. but i do i think it was I think it was just luck. And, you know, you believe in a higher power, whatever. Call it God, <laughs> call it whatever. I think I think God was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Now, apparently, uh, this information didn't come out until later, but Johnny had been preparing to extort Lana. <gasps> oh, I don't know. I don't know if I knew this. Now, this isn't really a spoiler to the case or anything, so I'll, I'll say it now. But afterwards, uh, the maid 
gave Lana an envelope that she said, Johnny asked me to hold on to this and uh, keep it in a safe place and to give it to him when he asked for it. But I'm giving it to you now because, you know, he's dead. And inside the envelope were negatives of um, Johnny having sex with another woman (gasps) and naked photos of Lana sleeping which it is suspected that they were going to manipulate the negatives. You know, very old-timey Photoshop, they could manipulate the negatives <laughs> yes, to, to make I... it look like the woman who Johnny was having sex with on film or on, uh, in front of a camera was Lana and then use those to blackmail her That's... into giving him money, into giving uh, seems... Mickey money. I just, I want to say, it seems like if you're actually dating the person... The easier move is just coercing them into taking actual pictures of you having sex yeah. with them. Like probably difficult to do for a movie star, though. Yeah, just like what a weird twisteroo way yeah. of getting photos of a woman you regularly fuck. Yeah. like I just I don't know, man. Yeah, have someone hide in the bushes point and take a the to pictures. Point B. Yeah, like what are you doing? <laughs> also, why give them to her maid? Right. That's why that she got all the money when she died. <laughs> probably, yeah. That's a good, yeah, but what a what a fucking insane, why give them to, like, the most trusted companion of the woman you're going to try to extort? This guy was an idiot. I'm sorry. Well, maybe he assumed that uh, she saw her maid the way he, he saw maids, you know? He, he was probably like, oh, she's probably just, you know, she's just the help. She's disposable. She doesn't really care about her. Another mark in the bad column for Johnny Stompin' Out. No respect. Yeah. No, they were buddies. Possibly lovers, as you posited earlier. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll never know for sure. Now, as soon as uh, Johnny was pretty much dead as soon as he hit the floor, they immediately called called the, the same lawyer who, uh, who represented uh, Charlie Chaplin and Errol Flynn. Oh, it was that guy! Same guy. That was that was okay. the lawyer they called. That his name is Jerry Geis. Yes, I think it's pronounced. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I didn't realize. Oh Jesus. So he protects good people and shitty people. Right. He just likes to win. Got it. <laughs> and uh, he showed up, uh, but he was there before the cops got there, so they had time to uh, get a good story together. Yes, which also feeds the conspiracy theories. And also, Cheryl called her dad, so he's there. To mm-hmm. um, Stephen Crane, who they and they had one of those divorces where they were actually still on good terms and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So a couple of people are there before any cops show up. Yeah, a doctor was there. They were trying to. Revive oh yeah, him. they call the doctor too. That's right. Yeah, Lana calls. Lana is like so upset that she can't remember the doctor's number. And so I read that she called. Lana calls her mom and is like, "Call doctor, whatever his face is." Tell him to get here quick. Yeah, just like that. Um, in her transatlantic <laughs> accent. Um, yeah, so basically, like, by the time the cops show up, there's, like, a small dinner party worth of people just, like, fucking hanging out in the murder room. Uh, in the um, murder room. Yeah. So I get how that could possibly look suspicious, but I still think it was all above board. Uh-huh. Uh, the police chief, apparently, who was uh, one of the first people on the scene, said that... Lana told him to let her say that she did it. Yes. Like, she wanted to take the rap for it. She's like, is there any way I can save my baby? (laughs) Also, she called her kid, she called Cheryl baby well into her teenage years, which is like, that's, don't do that. That's weird for a kid. I mean, it was not the the most weird 
thing. No, that... not at all. It's just like she definitely, it feels like she like infantilized her and kind of like, I mean, whatever. She was a crazy famous. Well, she did star, that, but she also didn't show her a lot of physical affection. Yeah. She she was she was the kind of mom to be like, don't hug me. You're gonna mess up my makeup. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they had a weird. It seems like they had a decent relationship, especially for that era, mm-hmm. when most Hollywood moms seem to, if you believe the tell-all books that their daughters write, are like just monsters. So it seems like they had like a good. And we'll get into it more later with. Uh, Cheryl's whole relationship yeah. and stuff like that. But it seems like they had like a pretty good relationship, but by today's standards, we'd be like, ugh. Right. Um, but this is like the 40s and 50s. Like, most people ship their kids off right. for like the first 18 years of their lives, so. And it was also considered a good marriage if your husband only hits you once in a while, you know? Like... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The standards yeah. Different, are different. Different times. But yeah, oh yeah, so, so she had a apparently asked the cop like if she could take the rap for it and he's like only if you're the one who killed him and she's like no I didn't she <laughs> like, did it like you don't know how lady I do not know how this works if you're gonna li- if you're gonna lie to them just lie to them yeah it seems like she was asking permission like, to lie permission yeah, to lie sir or, or just or just to like get the points for being like can I cover for my daughter oh I can't okay well I try <laughs> 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 now Cheryl didn't get the cele- celebrity treatment. Uh, they they treated her just like a murder suspect, right? Which I read they made a point of doing because the press was like all over this, and they didn't want to get accused of like going soft on a celebrity kid. Mm-hmm. So they ended up just being like super shitty. Like they, it sounds like they just put her in like immediately gen pop or whatever you call it. Well, juvie. Well, which is I guess is. Gym pop for kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, gen yeah, she wasn't kids. like ice. <laughs> the kids bop version <laughs> of gen pop. It all comes uh, back to Radio Disney. Gen bop. <laughs> but yeah, so because I read some cool, not cool, but Lauren, I'm the worst person to watch. <laughs> I read some account, some grisly accounts of like, yeah, like just overnight she had some interactions with like the other kids in juvie who were like, your mom did it and you took the map. She's like, no, I did it. I did it. I did it. Like very dramatically. <laughs> it all feels like a movie. But yeah, apparently it was just like, you know, she was meeting the, the kids they picked up for for what in the day we called hooking, what now we would call sex work in a legitimate career. But yeah, she was basically, she had a shitty night in prison is the bottom line. Yeah. So there was that. She spent she spent time in juvie uh, during the trial and during the pre-trial. Did it go to trial though? It did go to trial because they have, but like, was it a jury or was it just a judge who like ruled on it? There was a jury. And there was a jury. Okay. There, there was a jury, which I find very interesting. Uh, 10 men and two women. Oh yeah, that is weird. And I'm I'm wondering if the prosecution uh, got the upper hand in the jury selection or not, because you you would think that a jury overwhelmingly of men in a case where a man was murdered would skew not in the defendant's favor, but on the other hand, she's very hot. That's what I was going to say. Like, I wonder if it was a thing where they were worried that women were going to be like, you know how women hate other women. They're all so catty. (laughs) And so it's like they Uh actually thought like the guys would be more sympathetic to her and would be like, now that that guy's dead, maybe I have a chance to fuck Lana Turner. <laughs> Innocent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. 
so there was a there was a pre-hearing, and that was when uh, Cheryl was released into the custody of her grandma. Right. And after that, there were several hearings. Yeah, because it was like a huge deal when like Lana Turner took. Because Cheryl never was on the stand. Like she had like a written confession or what whatever you call it, but but she never. Which I guess because she's fourteen, because right. it was like a media circus, they didn't want to do. It. Yeah, but I just think that's like kind of weird that she didn't even get to speak in her own defense. So she like wrote her side of it, but then it was like this huge deal when Lana Turner took the stand. Yeah, and she'd been, I guess, in movies where she had like been on the stand. So it was like a lot of papers ran photos of like the real one and then like the still from the movie. That's so funny. Just very... And no one could tell if she was acting. Yeah. And there was, there's like, uh, there were some people or some accounts that I read were like, oh, she was like, like, well, the performance of a career, like she was really acting. And then some people are like the most vulnerable moving. Like, so it's like, you can't. It's like Rotten Tomatoes. That literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She, I mean, there's no, you don't have a chance. If you're a famous actress and you have to testify, like, you're fucked. Because, like, some people, like, there's, you can't win. You're an actress. You're going to be accused of acting. Apparently it was, like, four hours. For the the actual trial or her testimony? No, her, I I think I read that her, her, like, testimony. I guess it wasn't all at once because that seems excessive. Well, that's possible. It is possible, though. Jesus, that's. That sucks. Because you would do, they would. She would have been uh, questioned by the defense and the prosecution for the length of like the Zack Snyder cut. What a fucking nightmare! <laughs> <laughs> That's how they measured uh, things back then. In Snyder <laughs> cuts, then. yes. Yeah, even back then, they knew. Now, some some random dudes stood up in court and started screaming uh, during her testimony that uh, Cheryl killed him because she was. She was in love with him. She was jealous of her mother, which is why. There's a lot of holes in that theory. <laughs> so, so much. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, is that the, that the take you want to go with, with, with the 14-year-old? Yeah. I mean, I think that 14 back then was, like, approaching 30 in our time. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there were definitely some people who were, like, she was having a steamy affair with yeah, him. With this 35-year-old like, Wow, man. that makes it even better than <laughs> that he got killed. Like, what but, are you trying to... But, yeah, I guess back then 14 was, like... <laughs> I don't know! It was in play, apparently. Crystal, <laughs> um, yeah, would have yeah. loved it. Now... <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, but yeah, these comedians want to be old Hollywood so bad. There's a there's a lot of, I mean, can we talk about? Is it spoiler alerting to talk about Shalakreen's uh, Crane's grown up life? I mean, we'll we'll get to it pretty shortly. Well, long story short, <laughs> <laughs> she she was acquitted because self defense. Yeah, the jury had a had a soul, and Mickey Cohen was very upset. Yeah, he was. He he said something to the effect of, uh, I find it crazy that Johnny was found guilty of his own murder. Or something like that. Ooh. Oh, yeah, because there, like, a couple accounts, I feel like even Lana Turner herself, like, phrased it like he walked into the night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, well, I mean, then fuck him. That's even more on him then. Like, I do not care that this guy got <laughs> murdered at all. <laughs> And if he walked into the knife, even better. Like, good. Yeah. You can't blame. Can't blame the kid either way. Either it was an accident or she was actively 
protecting her mom. I think it's extra nice so that it got called like self-defense as opposed to like manslaughter or something so that it really like nothing bad could happen to her because yeah. I could see a world like, there's a way they could have still found her not guilty but she still could have had to serve like some time or something but mm-hmm. self-defense is just like nah you're good yeah like, <laughs> yeah you can go, go home there. today <laughs> like, <laughs> so I do think that like that is cool that they did that because again fuck that guy now unfortunately after the trial she was remanded to the state yeah. And sort of, which, um, yeah. like, a, what do you call it? What like you... a ward yeah. of the state? Is that is that it? Kind of like no, what no, they no. do to foster kids. Yeah, where it's like, and I mean, it's kind of hard to argue based on what happened, but they were kind of like, so we don't think your parents are doing an awesome job. <laughs> uh-huh. We're just going to, like, fuck it, take you in. But I feel like she should have just gone to the dad or the grandma. Right. Because her dad was, wasn't a bad guy. No, he was just, like, some rich dude who owned a restaurant. Yeah. Like, whatever. And her grandma was just a grandma. So I do think it kind of sucks that they were, like, like, it never goes well when you're, like, the state will handle it. It's like, mm, will they? And that was when she did her escapes. I'm wondering, is that restaurant still there, by the way? Hold on. No, I read that it closed. It sounded really cool. Oh. Oh, and it was Polynesian food. Yeah, it I sounded love Polynesian awesome. Food. I know, I was kind of bummed. It sounded like a really, really neat place, but no, apparently it is no more. Ooh. Okay, so after Cheryl was remanded to the state, she was uh, sent to a, a place called the El Rotero School for Girls, which is in Silmar, uh, which if you're yeah. not familiar with L.A., it's so <laughs> it's like in L.A., but it may as well not be. It's, it's not convenient to anything except for yeah. like Magic Mountain. You don't want to be in Silmar. Yeah. It's it's Especially hot. As a teenager, come on. Yeah, she was she was sent there for quote psychiatric therapy, which probably which meant my... electro electroshock. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I feel like they just fucking you know belted her to a table. Yeah. They're like we'll fix you. Yeah. So that that sucks. Which is uh, again probably why she escaped several times, but then would be picked up and sent back there. So. These girls were climbing 10-foot walls, and these are the, you know, the, the kids of, like, rich people, probably. Yeah, they did not want to be. <laughs> I, I have a feeling this was, like, not a super fun place. Right. <laughs> she escaped, what, like, three, four times eventually? Yeah, a couple times, yeah. In 1961, so three years later, she was finally given to her, her mom and uh, a, a new stepdad, Frederick. D. May. Was he the last? Was he number seven? Was he the mm, possi- <laughs> the, the big boss of stepdads <laughs> or not? Possibly. He might have been the penultimate one. Yeah, because I, I mean, I don't see anything about him being a piece of shit. And I feel like if he was, it, it would have, there would have been a, it would have been noted. I hope so. Was Lana Turner still married to somebody when she died? No. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Unless they died first, but maybe at some point she was just like, "I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore." Right now, after after Cheryl was sent to live with her mom, uh, she was a, again uh, sent to uh, she was sent to a, an institution. Oh, Jesus! Called the Institute of Living in Connecticut. Oh no! I grew up in Connecticut. You don't want to be sent to Connecticut. <laughs> Is what's it just like rich people and trees? I mean, I lived in the same city as Martha Stewart, so yes. Ah, that's so funny. It's, 
it's that. But maybe it was good for her to get like on the other side of the country. Maybe it was like, I don't know. Maybe well, that was good for her. It was there that she tried to kill herself twice. Okay, so <laughs> I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, this girl just got so fucked because it's like, yes, and she should have gotten therapy mm-hmm. after, you know, accidentally or however you want to call it, killing this guy. But every time they say psychiatric, it just makes me think electroshock. Yeah. Like, I doubt that she was like sitting in a room with a kind of Talking about her feelings. Therapist. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think she ever got that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were just like, Giving her a bunch of drugs and and shocking her. Yeah. Ugh. Now she met um, Jonathan Winters when she was Ooh. at the Institute of Living because. Oh at, my god! I didn't know that. Yeah, as a lot many people know, Jonathan Winters uh, was was like a, a comedian back in the day. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, famously bipolar. Yeah. And uh, she met him there, and she credited him with keeping her alive while she oh, was I there. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so one good thing about being sent to Connecticut. After her uh, suicide attempts, she went on to do a little bit of modeling. Yes. Had a pretty bad sleeping pill addiction and uh, alcohol addiction problem. I, I believe she she recovered. Or, you know, was in recovery, I guess. I guess you never recover right. fully. And uh, one day at a time, yeah. I believe, is what they say. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she compared to, like, famous kids or kids of famous people. Like, I feel like she did pretty goddamn well. Like, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. She... Nothing truly awful. <laughs> I, I mean, aside from. All the truly Aside awful the stuff that, that led to, <laughs> <laughs> but after, but as an as a young adult, she seemed fairly on top of her shit. Oh, for sure, she worked hard. She worked hard to to get her to get her shit together. So she did a little modeling. Uh, didn't like that. She wanted to do something more. Uh, I guess uh, probably regular and stable with her life. Yeah. So she started working at her dad's restaurant. Just so cool. Yeah, she got a degree, I believe, in a, like restaurant management or something of the sort. Yeah, yeah, she went to school for restaurant management, which is so funny because when I read that, I was like, isn't that just like, I didn't know you could go to college for that. I thought that was just like on TV where they're like, air conditioning repair, restaurant so management. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, I guess that's not how it used to be. But yeah, she, she got a degree in it. That's funny. Yeah, so she, she was a hostess for a little bit and then she liked it so much she... She went to Cornell for that. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's a very expensive education for a degree in restaurant management. But listen, right. they had the money. Yeah. Why not? Well, there's also there's there's good money in hospitality if you're if you're doing it right. And she was doing it right. Now, 1970. Uh, this is like a little footnote, but uh, in 1970, Cheryl, I was say Cheryl was so fucking cool. LAPD. Pulled her over and found oh yes, I love this. Three, three pot plants in the in the back, just in the back seat, not even in the trunk. You think she I had them that. belted into the seatbelt? Do they have seatbelts yet in nineteen seventy? Um, I think they had them, but you were a total square if you used one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I love that she had plants because I bet I bet that when they pulled her over, she was seriously like 
Oh, is this a le- like? I bet she genuinely didn't know you couldn't drive home without plans. Because <laughs> they're just they're plans. That seems like totally legit. But yeah, she. I love that. Just in the back seat, like you picked up some orchids from Trader At Joe's. The Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and uh, I guess not. Not much happened after that. They were like, it doesn't seem like she did any time or or anything. A year after that, she met the love of her life. Joyce, <laughs> Joyce, who went by Josh, in, in case you weren't sure that she was gay. Yeah, that confused me for a while because I was like, "Who, who's this? Who's this Josh?" But it was just an adorably gay nickname. Yeah, Joyce Leroy. Now, who she met um, through Marlon Brando, which is also like so great and old Hollywood. Right? I love that Marlon Brando was setting up young lesbians. Yeah. Come on, oh. <laughs> the best yeah so uh they were together for um after they were together for eight years they moved to hawaii and started working in real estate together oh god that whole sentence is so lesbian are you kidding me right flipping houses in hawaii oh jesus god perfect yeah in the in the 80s they moved to san francisco again so lesbian yeah now, 88, Cheryl published her memoir, which is when mm-hmm. all of these, uh, up to this point, unknown details about uh, the story came out, where she admitted to killing Johnny for the first time and talked about her reasons why, divulged her, um, her history uh, of assault, yeah. the stuff about her, you know, her stepdads. Joyce is the one who convinced her to be open about the story. Yeah. They seem like they had have. I don't know why I'm saying have. They they're they're old and they live together and they're in fucking Palm Springs living yeah. the old lesbian life, which is so fucking cute. It's and so perfect. adorable. They got married in 2014. Yeah, after being together for like decades, mm-hmm. which is so fucking cute. It's so wholesome. It's so oh, they're just old lesbians in Palm Springs. I've God, I I wish this for myself. But yeah, they just I love it. I love it so much, and they seem, like, so supportive of each other. And, like, yeah, like you're saying, like, she's the one who encouraged her. And, like, in the interview, I've read some, like, articles and interviews where Joyce or or Josh is in the room, and they're, like, having, like, fun, witty banter and stuff. And I'm like, this is is perfect. Yeah. It's just very, it's very cute. Now, in the late 90s, Cheryl was uh, was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Yeah. Uh, she, she got a double mastectomy. She got radiation and chemo and has been in remission ever since. Yeah. God, yeah. She's written three crime novels, three fiction mystery crime novels that are yeah. have been really well received. Yeah. Yeah, she's really, she really went on to live, like, a quote-unquote, like, normal life yeah. which is just like so cool i mean super stable relationship like normal person career. i mean okay offering not a normal person career but like she worked restaurant business, <laughs> she did real estate uh-huh. she wrote a few books but who hasn't so like yeah i just who hasn't <laughs> yeah and i'm just so obsessed with their relationship and lana turner to her credit seems like especially for that time was very fucking cool about it mm-hmm. She's quoted as saying that Josh was, like, a second daughter to her. There's photos of them, like, on vacation together, like, the three of them. 
Um, and Lana came out to her when she was 13. Yes. Which, by the way, this is really important. <laughs> and I just realized I'm having an emotional response because I'm remembering that once my mom, it was like right at the point I was in college and I was like getting ready to be like, I think I'm going to come out to my mom. And then like just randomly my mom commented something like, well, you know, Jodie Foster's a lesbian because she was so traumatized by John Hinckley trying to commit murder for her. It just turned her off of men. And I remember uh, <laughs> hearing her say that and being like, and Jesus. back in the closet. Oh, no. But I think it is really cool and important to note that, yes, she came out to her parents at 13, which was before this whole murder and everything. Mm -hmm. So people who want to be like, and is it after the stuff with the stepdad? Yes, but yes. she is. She but, makes, makes it clear that that was not that did not influence it. She knew from yes. the time she was a six very years small old. Yes, yeah. yeah, she says six years old. So it's like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Anybody who wants to be like, well, you know, she was assaulted and then like this murder and she became a lesbian. No, she fucking didn't. Yeah. She knew at six years old. She came out to her parents at thirteen. Okay. Yeah. She gay. Deal with it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, but I do think it's really cool that both of her parents were apparently, like, very fucking cool about it, especially... That's unheard that of in period. that time period, yeah. Even the fact that she started openly dating a woman in 71, like, 71! She took her to award. Really she took her to award cool. shows, there's photographs of them so together as, quote, awesome. friends, <laughs> like, uh, they're clearly a couple. <laughs> yeah, so that, I just think that that is really cool, and obviously that's why I became even more interested in this case that I already was because mm -hmm. I was like, what? She's a lesbian yeah. who killed a guy? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, they did yeah. have to briefly uh, fight the housekeeper to get a larger portion of the estate when, uh, when that is Lana died. That is so fucked up. But, uh, yeah, but that's I mean, pretty... I, yeah. If housekeeper was... I mean, she was, quote, a lifetime companion. Come on, she deserves yes. that bag. I would, look, even if it had been an even split, I'd be like, wow, okay, that's really nice. But the fact that she gave her so much more money than her only daughter is uh -huh. like, it's a little, uh, uh, and you can't, and it's like, well, she's dead, so you don't get to, like, ask her about it or anything. So uh -huh. you're just left wondering, like, oh, my God. But, I mean, this woman was I taking do? care of her, like, well into into her old age, you know? Yeah. Carmen Lopez just, Cruz. Listen, all I'm saying is I'm an only child, and if my parents pull something like this, I'm going to be <laughs> real upset. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Maybe mom thought she could handle herself. She's probably like, your yeah, real estate business is doing good. Like, What's Carmen going like, to do with that? Josh will take care of you. Yeah. Josh is the man, right? I want to make sure I understand this correctly. <laughs> Josh is clearly the man. Yeah, you're right. But that's a nice way to think of it. Maybe it was a vote of confidence where she's like, you're doing so great. You don't need this money. You know you know who's not going to be able to live without me is Carmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's I like, I like thinking of it that way. Carmen deserves the house. Yeah, give Carmen the goddamn house. <laughs> that's okay, that's the story of Cheryl Crane. Yeah. Turned out pretty, pretty good for her. She's still, she's still kicking. She's kicking still around. Kicking. Oh, I'm, yeah, I love, I just, I fucking love how her life turned out. I'm, I don't care at all that this guy got killed. Sorry if that's controversial. Me neither. Honestly, he was Fuck a piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck this guy. He totally deserves it. And I'm just so glad that it never 
reflected like poorly on her and she just got to like live her awesome gay life. Yeah. And I'm surprised he wasn't killed earlier, honestly. I know, seriously. That's what the other thing that's so cool about it's like you're a gangster and then like you live you make it out of like the mafia alive and then again you're I killed by a child. <laughs> killed by a fucking fourteen year old girl in what I believe was a a pink bedroom. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I hope that's super embarrassing yeah. <laughs> for for all eternity. <laughs> like, Who didn't even know how to hold a knife. Yep, <laughs> she held the fucking knife wrong. <laughs> And then it turned out she was a lesbian. Suck it, Johnny Stompanato. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good it's a good murder story. What do you got? Karmic justice? I like to think so. Yeah. I want I kinda wanna meet I kinda wanna meet them. I was, I I was so so heartwarming. Like reading I, the end. The when end I of read it? that they're now in Palm Springs, <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend I didn't have a moment where I was like, Take a road trip nearby. Yeah, like, it's only what? A couple hours away? <laughs> Come on, like how easy would it be yeah. just to like go to Palm Springs and like casually run into them <laughs> with fucking, you know, Ralphs or whatever. Right? There's only one, oh. I'm sure. I just I just think that would be so heartwarming. Yeah. You could or find one of their listings, you know? Oh, and go to an open house yeah. and they're both just showing you around. <laughs> the dr- I want to go on record saying I'm not going to do any of this. So like <laughs> no one file any like weird restraining orders. But I did have the thought where I was like, oh, my God, that's so close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's a heartwarming murder story. And that's rare. They're rare. I know that is part of why I picked it, because I do think it is, even though I am. Ugh, obsessed with true crime it is sort of it's hard to like root for the murderers but this is one where like you just a hundred percent no guilty conscience root for the murderer absolutely <laughs> so i do really love this one and just cher- cherry on top that that she's a lesbo yeah now there's been tons of movies um made about this whole story and uh someone just bought recently bought the rights to her memoir so Oh, good, because they. I was gonna say, like, I read some article from '88 where it's like, and and of course, there's a movie coming out of the book, and then they never, they even name drop all the people who are being considered for roles, mm-hmm. and then I looked on IMDb and they never did make a movie of it. So I'm glad that maybe there's still a shot. Yeah, it would be a great movie. Who who would you who would you cast as oh my God, as Cheryl? Such a good question. And who would you cast as Lana? Okay. So we need to go young. We need someone who can convincingly play 14. You know who I Oof. see as Johnny? Who's that, that Italian guy who's like, like scarily charming in everything that he's in? Oh, that um, could be so many Italian guys. Oh, Wait, what well, is, Chris what Messina would be good as Johnny. Oh, my God. Perfect. And uh, if That's, you're looking for someone a yeah. little older, um, what's his name? He was in... Um, uh, Homecoming, the Julia Roberts show, Ooh. that Amazon show. Hold on, let me see. I am um, admittedly not name? a Julia Roberts fan. Oh, I, I it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good show though. Homecoming. It was a very good show, even if you're not not a big fan of hers. <laughs> I have to get um, over my Julia Roberts aversion and watch it. Bobby Cannavale. Oh God, I love him. He's so terrifying, he's so but charming sweet in everything and he's charming. in. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, let's give that guy more work. Yeah, that's great. That's great casting. And then Lana Turner at the time, so she was 37 at the time. So we're looking, okay, who, who would be good? Now, I, everyone hates her, but I think Katherine Heigl could pull it off. Ooh, 
interesting. That's not a bad choice. Or Taylor That's Swift. That's not a bad choice. I'm, I'm picking people who... That's a controversial choice. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think... Um, fuck, I don't know. Why am I bad at this? Be good at this, Lauren. All you do is watch TV and movies. <laughs> Let's go with Katherine Heigl. I like your call. Yeah. I feel like because she deserves you want a comeback. Someone, yeah, and you want someone who... Because people did sort of have... Like, her movie that came out right after this, bomb. Yeah. Um, which they think is, you know, in big part because there was a lot of negative feeling around it. So you want someone who people are kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think Catherine Heigl could use her uh, Catherine Heigl-ness to her, to her benefit. Yeah. I, they did her the dirty. Situation. Yeah, hmm. I mean. She, she should get it, an apology eventually. Yeah, the whole, the whole knocked up thing went down in a, in a gross way. What do you have coming up that you, you might want people to, to know about? Hey, that's a great question. Um, I have a podcast uh, that's a, a queer coming out podcast that you mentioned. It's called Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole, um, and it's at Coming Out Pod Everywhere. Okay. Um, and Kai is going to be on it at some point if you are amenable, which I believe you said you were. Uh huh. Do I have to tell a coming um, out story, though? Because I don't really have a good one. Yes, but like that's. It's so not, people are frequently like, oh, mine's not good. Like, it's just, but everyone's story is, like, it doesn't have to be dramatic. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. uh, and we also, uh, it's worth saying, we don't spend the whole episode talking about it. Like, we use the coming out story as a jumping point ah. to talk about a ton of other stuff. And also, people have so many coming outs, you know? So it's it, true. coming out is whatever it means to you. But yeah, it's it's just, I, I we've been doing it, we're coming up on three years this Pride Month. But yeah, I, I definitely uh, listen to it. We've had some, we've had some famouses. So we've had Stephanie Beatrice has been on. Ooh, uh, I love her from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, we have we had on uh, Dot Marie Jones from Glee. Oh. Um, but but we've we've had just like our you know our friends and just some 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 random normal people whose stories are absolutely incredible uh-huh. um, and funny or tender or whatever. So yeah, check it out. And what about you yourself? Where 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 can people find you in that's a similarly great question uh they can find me on twitter almost 24 hours out of the day as you well know <laughs> we are both on that site a lot i am at lauren flans and if you're an instagram person i am lauren underscore flans underscore um, yeah someone someone got the lauren flans how i didn't it doesn't seem like it's... a common name to me it's from, um, I believe it was from when I was on Wild and Out because there was an account that people thought was me that would just post a bunch of Wild and Out pictures. And I was like, mm, you don't know me at all then oh. because I post very few Wild and Out pictures. So I wonder. This is not me. I wonder if you could ask Instagram to give you that handle because clearly you're you and they are, they were I've pretending to be you. I've thought about it. Um, Instagram is a very big kind of scary entity to me. I'm not good at it, um, which is why I'm on Twitter all the time. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'll try to talk to the Instagram. Yeah, because I could understand if it was like just another Lauren Flans, you know, just someone else who happened to have your name, but it's not. It's not that. And and would like post stuff and try to like write in my voice. And I was like, that's so weird. That's so creepy. You sons of bitches. Um, yeah, so I think it's been deactivated now because I reported it, but I didn't take the extra time to be like, also, I want 
I want it. But Twitter is a place where I'm really just, I mean, I'm on there kind of all the time. It's an okay. actual problem. <laughs> so, so please find me on there and feed my need for validation at Lauren Flynn. Nice. Well, thank you for coming on. This is uh, this was fun. Thank you so much. This was fun. Let's we'll go on a road trip and try to bump into Cheryl Crane and her wife at a Ralph. Yes. Uh, uh, allegedly, I'm not actually saying that. I'm serious. <laughs> I am. I am too. But I'll I do think it. We have to say allegedly so we don't get in trouble. <laughs> I'll do it for entertainment purposes only. That was episode 67. Such a good episode. If you want to send me an email, if you have suggestions of people you want to hear on the show or people you want to hear us talk about on the show. You could do that at wwkpodcast at gmail.com. I said this at the top of the show, but leave a rating, leave a review. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.